Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 on the AM dial, 106.3 on the FM dial. is Trent Condon and Ken Miller as those two frequencies return to local programming for the next couple of hours. We appreciate you spending some of your time uh, here with us. This is what the uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like today. We're going to start at the bottom of the hour with an old friend, a guy we used to work with. No, not him. I said friend. Uh-huh. Um, Jimmy B is going to join us. So before I get to the rest of the BMW Des Moines guest list, so I called Brinson yesterday. Okay. Didn't text him. I called him. I wanted uh-huh. to speak with him. I'm assuming he has, like most phones, uh-huh. he's calling, right? Well, as of... He had a flip phone. Two years ago. Right. It was not a smartphone. No, it was a flip phone. Has he upgraded? I doubt it. But even those <laughs> things, didn't they? wouldn't it show up who's calling? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So I can pick up the phone. He rings a couple of times. This is Jim. <laughs> like, he knows damn well it's me. Yes. But that's how he's answered the phone since I first met him. Yeah. You know, when I walked down and his phone would ring, this is Jim. Of course, I called your cell phone. Who else exactly. would it be? Cut the BS. I mean, it's me. You know you're, you know who's calling. So <laughs> she's the same cat. Uh, but we wanted to cut. He spent a lot of time in Buffalo. He spent a lot mm-hmm. of time working in Buffalo and um, thought, you know what, let's reach out to our old pal. Not that we need an excuse to have him on, but this seems to uh, be a perfect opportunity to do so, to go back and what it was like and what the stadium's like and what the city must be like going forward. I'm sure we'll get into some other stuff with him uh, as well. But he's our only guest in the first hour of the program. Jimmy B, Jimmy B Radio is where you can find him on Twitter. Uh, at 11.05, uh, one of the preeminent line makers in the history of Las Vegas, Kenny White, who was the line maker really when sports wagering started to elevate itself in Nevada. Uh, he had essentially every property on the Strip was employing his services to set the lines. He owns Las Vegas Sports Consultants for a long time. Uh, he's now KennyWhiteSports.com is his own website. But he will join us uh, with some betting angles, just some general conversation on the championship games, maybe some college basketball as well. He is really good. This is the person that I uh, credit for really taking me behind the curtain and um, where my grandpa taught me how to read a racing form and yeah. all of those things. Uh, Kenny White, really. Yeah, I had an idea of sports betting, but man, oh man, spending time as I did with him. Um, I don't know how many years ago it's been now. It's been a while, probably 10 years ago or so. Uh, maybe not that long, eight years ago. Uh, just so many, so many lessons that I learned. Um, uh, about sports waging. So he's going to join us. Kenny White will join us at 11.05. And then our friend Zubin Mahente in here at 11.25. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. And we look forward to that on a uh, on a weekly basis with our friend from ESPN and ESPN Radio. Trent, uh, one of the all-time bad beats, or I guess if you had Kansas, one of the all-time back doors, it depends whichever way you want to look at it, unfolded last night on ESPN. I, I didn't have a, um, a wagering interest in the game. Uh, did you? I did. 
And were you on? Did it work out well, or did it bite you in the you know what? No, I was. Uh, I was on the right side, the How winning side. Needed a little help to get there. Oh my gosh, a little help. That one, the layup with thirty-two seconds. Yep. Cuts it to eleven. The number is eight and a half. Then the shot clock winds down. Mm-hmm. Two seconds left. Dribble it out. You think? But no, it's a walk-on, and this is his opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if he fires up an air ball, nobody's going to remember it. But because what he did, everybody is going to remember that shot. Look, this wasn't Chad Henney. <laughs> right, right. But in a different context, this was unbelievable. Now, were you watching it unfold live or you put the kids? No, the kids would be in bed. They were already time. in bed at that point, and it was on, but in the background. I was on my phone. I was dinking around probably looking through my bets and chalking this one up for another loss. Yeah. So it was on, but I wasn't watching. And uh, and I heard just kind of the little commotion at the end. <laughs> My favorite part, though, if you go back and watch the video, look in the lower right corner of the screen. I, d- I, must have, I didn't see it. So. There's a guy there, because there were fans in attendance, mm-hmm. standing on the court, white hat, white shirt. Okay. And as the shot goes in, he puts his hands on his head, his head drops. Surrender Cobra? Surrender oh, Cobra? Even worse than that. Like, it looked like he was going to drop to the floor oh, like he was gosh. shot. That and guy. Did, do you think that... I, I he wasn't a Baylor. Why, why would he care? Baylor won, so it had to be a bet. There's no doubt. Right. There is nothing else that it could have possibly been. Wow. The guy just looked absolutely dejected, and you just oh. see the back of him because he's looking on the court, and his back is to you. But go back and watch the play <laughs> and look at the lower right corner. This poor sob. <laughs> and, and if he's sitting in the front row. I'm gonna guess he's not betting ten bucks a game. No, not like you. You're five bucks a game, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. no, this guy's firing it. He's taking the elastic band off the bankroll and firing. And he had it. And he was gonna That's be at the game in attendance watching Baylor cover the eight and a half against Kansas. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. And not only that, mm. eh, we're gonna pay for our tickets in the front row for the rest of the year. Um, not so fast. Where are you on Baylor after what you saw last night? Is is this a team? Look, to me, there's two teams in college basketball. I don't. I want to say Iowa can win a national championship. Mm-hmm. They're they're clearly uh, going to. At least you would think if everything goes according to plan and there's no upset, they're a team that's going to make the second. Who knows how far they're going to go? But the, it's it's Gonzaga and it's Baylor to me. And then it's I don't know. Is there a gap to you? Oh yeah, because we don't know enough. Is there about- a gap between the Zags and Baylor? Or is it closer than maybe you thought? It's tighter than it was. Mm -hmm. It's tighter than if you would have asked me this even a week ago. Right. But what they did against Texas Tech, followed by Kansas, that two wins in three days. 48 hours, yep, essentially. About as impressive as you're going to find in college basketball. And because of that... Yeah, that gap is a lot narrower narrower than I would have said a week ago. You know what? On, on we've talked about this before that we as sports fans got robbed when that game was taken off the the game that we thought we were going mm-hmm. to see. I'm kind of glad now we didn't. Just make sure that we get them on opposite right. sides of the bracket on a Monday night. Yeah, and if if that's <laughs> the what last we get, Monday night, absolutely. I, I think those two games are separated. Villanova. I would probably put third, but we haven't seen them in a month. Well, uh, the new bracket uh, at ESPN has moved Villanova to the two. Because elevated Iowa to the one in the same region. Did Lenardi talk about it at all? Is there an article I, that it There is a it? long article. I have not read it. I just okay. skipped right through to the bracket. He's got them in region four. He's got Villanova the two, Iowa the one. Because Villanova is finally back on the floor tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, are they? They will play 8 o'clock against Seton Hall at home. Mm-hmm. Pretty good Seton Hall team. Decent okay. Seton Hall team. So, but a month away. You know, what does that do? We kind of asked some of those questions. Have we seen teams come back? For some, 
It doesn't feel like there's any kind of drop off. Gonzaga, right? After they had what 19 days off before uh-huh. they played Iowa, it didn't matter. It didn't. And you had Suggs going out. You'd realize Suggs has not come close to that shooting the ball. Yeah, I know. After the performance that he had, it. I think he's hit like seven three since then. Would he have six Is in that, that game? All it? Yeah, Jeez, I didn't realize it's that bad. It's it's been pretty stark. The difference That's between Bo the guys. Bo bad. <laughs> well, Bo Booey's different level though. Sunday when he started warming up, said of course, right? Yeah. And, and like, he was hitting him early. He was. Yeah. It's going to be one of those types of games. But for Villanova, I really like the talent of this team. I've not seen them. They got guys back that played for a national title a couple of years ago. They got, I think, enough pieces to to play at a high level. To be in that conversation with those group, I don't think you can realistically put Iowa in that conversation because of the defense. Mm-hmm. To win six consecutive games, and really after the first one, five straight games, and to be elite five consecutive times against good teams mm. on the offensive end. Because when they're playing these good teams, they're going to have to be really good on the offensive end. There's going to be a game in there during that stretch. I'm sure they'll play some pretty good defense, maybe two. But this team's not stringing together five great defensive performances in the world. I, I don't think, think so, no. but I, I, I certainly want to think that maybe, just maybe, there's a chance. Can you do that offensively, though? Uh-huh. Ken Pomeroy, who you know I love, uh-huh. he uh, wrote an article last week at The Athletic, though. One thing that he talked about in the article is the old adage, defense wins championships. It's not true in today's environment of college basketball. It really hasn't been true in the last 15 years of college basketball. You have to be elite offensively to win a national championship, and there's only been a few outliers of that. You can get by being okay on the defensive end. I was still not even quite to the okay, but they've been better. And I think. The conference numbers bear that out, uh-huh. just how different they have been, even from the beginning of the there's season. There's effort there, Trent. Yes. They, they really are. They are... You know they've taken it up a notch, and hopefully there's a couple more notches to take it up. Uh, this Baylor team—they are absolutely loaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun to watch them play. This Butler's, as we know, is unbelievable. After coming off the performance he had against yeah, Texas Tech, where he didn't do anything until late in the game. Fran Fraschilla—I don't know if you saw this—he called out Vital over the weekend on Twitter. I didn't call him out. He just said that this isn't the same guy that he'd seen last year. Frischilla did the game last night on radio. I guess Westwood One was there last night. Frischilla was in the building. Uh, of course, we had the TV call, and um, I just love that duo. Mm-hmm. I, I could, Dan, Dan Schulman is such a pro, and I'm a Billis guy. Uh, that, that's a really good team. Uh, it was a fun, a fun game. Uh, not necessarily... It wasn't close. There wasn't a lot of drama in it, uh, but the way it played out. The big story from last night that I thought, anyways, was the story that broke, I don't know, eight thirty, nine o'clock. Um, the Mets general manager, Jared oh, yeah. Porter, what an awful, awful story. And good for the Mets, who up until the story, was it Mina, how do you say her name? Mina Kimes? Mina Kimes, yeah. Uh, who's talented as hell, mm-hmm. um, wrote, wrote the piece. And if you haven't read it, it's just a damning piece on this guy, Jared Porter, who, when he was in the Cubs organization, is texting this female Major League Baseball reporter who's not named in the story, and that's good, um, and then taking it steps further, sending pictures of his schwantz, you know, unsolicited. I mean, yeah. he he texted her 62 times in a row without her. I mean, what, what's it got to take to, you know, to sink in that... Maybe she's not interested in me. It's it, absolutely sickening. And this guy's career is in, it's shot, Trent. Good. He, absolutely good. But I'm just saying, the climb that he had to get to that position and to have it, and, and you know, I agree with you, good. But boy, oh boy, talking about career, just offing your career. A lot of times 
in radio when you're just talking in general. Use adjectives that maybe you're a little hyperbolic. You're, you're, yeah. This was reading the article. I said sickening. I was. I was sick I to was my too. stomach. Just you have that feeling. It's of, uncomfortable. Yes. But we need to read those mm-hmm. uncomfortable stories. Sure two as I'll do. White males in the sports mm. media realm. We have to read those and be uncomfortable to understand how difficult it is for these women in this profession. Oh. And and these kind of stories. Remember the young lady who uh, worked for, I think it was the Star Tribune. She was the basketball beat writer for the Gophers. Yes, I do. And now she's she's um, going around the world. Is that the one you're talking yes, about? What's absolutely. her name? She, she, uh, she's got a great blog, a travel blog. Oh, what's her name? I used to have her on every once in a yep. while, usually before the Iowa-Minnesota yep. basketball gaming. Oh, my gosh. Incredible writer, really yes. talented. But it was the athletic director, right? That yes, she was, it was. That she was getting, you, you want to mm-hmm. get the goods? Mm-hmm. Just think of that. Uh, the absolute, the brazenness of a male to do that, and then to have to deal with that in your work. Yeah. Just those kind of... Just terrible things. It's, 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 it's sadly it's, it's happened for years. And yeah. it, it's it's well, fingers crossed coming to an end. But when you read that story from last night, my good God, that's just uh, absolutely terrible. So I want to say this: uh, Michael Gartner reached out to me yesterday from City View, mm-hmm. and um, of course tomorrow is a, is a big day um, for for a lot of people that um, you know that uh, a guy we used to work with. Uh, not the one we're having on at 10.30, uh, but uh, Terrell, who's going to be sentenced tomorrow uh, to maybe perhaps five years in, in federal prison. There isn't a federal prison in the state of Iowa, so I'm not sure where he'll spend his time. Uh, but it's a federal charge, so that means I think you have to serve 85% of whatever sentence. It's not like he's going to get off for good behavior after okay. you know two and a half years. Federal charges is 85% minimum. So Michael Gartner reached out and... Had a couple of he's doing a big piece on and because to his credit he was the only one that stuck to this story right I mean mm-hmm. he was um, he was the Lone Ranger uh, out out there and um, for whatever reason the uh, the register didn't touch it the TV stations didn't touch it no radio stations uh, touched it but Michael Gartner stuck on this story and. As we know, he was uh, he was proven right in all of the uh, things that he wrote. I would think, for the most part, um, it proven to be one hundred percent correct. Uh, but he wanted he's doing a big piece, and he reached out to me, and he wanted uh, you know to, to ask me a couple of questions for the piece, and and the, I thought, you know, why would I? This, this was when when he was first arrested. Uh, was a couple of TV stations reached out to me <laughs> and wanted me to go on camera. I get it, uh, but why would I do that when I have? Our show. Yeah. That if I want to, you know, express my feelings or to talk about it, why would I do that anywhere else? Um, so I, but I did to Michael Gardner because I thought that I, I, I think I answered a couple of two or three of his questions um, because he deserves this. He did. He does. He was the one that was, uh, like I say, the one that stuck to it. And I know he's reached out to a number of people in the group that I've become closer to yeah. right uh, victims yeah. victims quite frankly uh in, in this whole uh, illegal ponzi scheme i think is kind of what it was um the restitution the the 1.4 million dollars that he has to pay back to the look there's no way in hell there's no way in hell he's going to be able to pay back even a fraction of that money trent well there's one way he'd be able to do it but it'd get him back in prison 
doing the same doing thing. Doing the same thing, done. yeah. But, but he's not going to have an outlet. That's just, mm-hmm. there's no way, no way he will ever work in, in this field again. I mean, no way. Right. <laughs> We're not hiring him here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other two uh, conglomerates of town will not give him a, another chance. So how is he going to make restitution to those victims at $1.4 million? I mean, I think you get, I don't know. <laughs> Is it pennies a day? <laughs> Something like to that. To push yeah. their library card, I'm going back to Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. They're through the uh, uh, through the aisles of the jail, and or you drop off the cafeteria. The fo- I don't know what it is. So thankfully, I've never been in prison. I don't plan on going. Um, but maybe some of that will go back to it. But the the charging document, and I got it, and I read it, and I sent it to a number of people. It's just incredible that when he sat down and was interviewed by the FBI, that he continued to lie. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to lie to any to a Fed. That's against the law to lie. And he, he said, apparently, you know what, I'm going to get it in front of me because I don't want to paraphrase it. Bear with me for a second. Because that was the first thing that jumped out to me when it's you... It's incredible, yes. Trent. When you sent it to me, that was, as I was skimming through the first time, the first thing that just pops off <laughs> right. this document. All right. So let me get it here. Let me find it in front of me. Um, Marty is the biggest scam artist there is, the biggest con man the world has ever seen. These are quotes from his victims. Uh, robbing Peter to pay up Paul. He's a nice guy. Fast talker. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, these are just a few observations. Where's the line that I want to read? That I want to read. I have it here. Do you have it? What 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 whereabouts is it? Is it the first paragraph? Uh it's under section two. Section two. Okay, let me the get effects. section. Okay, section Marty Terrell's been participating in sports ticket scams for over ten years. He marketed himself as sports insider, had access to prime seating, found investors, give tickets, VIP seating. Terrell then convinced them to give him more money, promised return on the investment. So where is it? I don't Down see. at the bottom. It's the last paragraph. Oh, when when interviewed by FBI special agent Kevin Kohler, Terrell said he, all, he quotes, always tells the truth, then proceeded to lie about every fraudulent transaction involved in the scheme. He's sitting in front of an FBI agent and says, I always tell the truth. Then he proceeded to lie about every fraudulent transaction involved in the scheme. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's how he was. And that's how deep it got. That's, that's how he was. It was, um, and, and folks, here's, here's the bad part. There's a lot of bad parts. Here's one bad part that's not part of any story you've seen, you've read, or you've heard. Because of... Here's what he did to me, okay? He didn't get any of my money. But what, how he used me was he used my reputation to open doors for him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I can't sell. I'm not allowed to sell. It's part of, yeah, you can, you can do this for part-time, but that's all you can do. I have a full-time job, right? So I would, in the beginning, he would, we would go to the people that I had relationships, business in the community that I thought would, uh, would back us, dot, dot, dot. So he used me to open doors for him. The one door that my relationship with this, with this family, unbeknownst to me, in the complete flukiest, flukiest scenarios that you'll, the, 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 for these dots to line up, for him to get in this door was just a remarkable set of circumstances. But all of a sudden, out of the blue one day, he calls me and says, I'm over here with blah, blah, blah. And 
the only reason he's there is because this family had a wonderful amount of respect for me. And they wanted to help. They wanted to, they wanted to do things that no one would want to do because of the way that they thought of me, um, the way that they wanted to work with me, the way that um, you know, they were just going to help. They loved me. And I've known I've been intertwined with this family since the first week I moved to this country. That's over 30 years ago. And he proceeded to steal a million and a half dollars from them. Jeez. And that's not in this document. That did not come up in court at all. And if it would have, because they didn't, they just didn't want to, they just want to be uh, tied to it. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to it to go away. This is what the whole part of the story embarrasses me to, to no end. The fact that he was able to use me and the, my relationships to carry out his malfeasance and his criminal ways um, doesn't keep me up at night anymore. It used to, but it just is... I wish they would have allowed themselves to be a part of this because instead of five years, it might have been seven, maybe eight years. And I'm not, I'm not, I had people ask me over the weekend when this became public, you know, how do you feel about him going away for five years? I don't feel sorry for him at all. I feel sorry for his daughter, mm-hmm. quite honestly, because he'll never have a relationship with her, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, but I don't feel sorry for him one bit. I don't. Is the sentence right? I mean, I don't know. How would I know if it's right or if it's wrong? That's what the feds asked for. That's what they're... I mean, maybe the judge will tack on more. Maybe the judge, Maybe she won't. But it's just incredibly disappointing to me that I was... And I'm no one to blame but myself. I mean, I wanted to do this, right? I wanted to do this. I'd always wanted to do this. I wanted to get, I wanted to do this again because when it ended, we were riding on top mm-hmm. and he was here, right? He's yeah. not doing all that BS that he did once he got to the, to the car dealership. You know, that was, I, I was here with Peralt and then with Prince. I have no idea about the, the Troy Aikman thing. I mean, Jesus, how do you come up with that? And then I read the charging document, and this one guy is writing a check because at this... Let me find that one. Do you know where I'm going? No, no, not at all. This guy... Give me a second here, folks. I want to read this to you because I don't know if this is... uh, If I can put this out anywhere. Um, I would think it's part of the federal record. Um, Here it is. Uh, he, he still owes, I won't say the initials, $10,000 for Super Bowl tickets that were never provided. Gave him two checks totaling $14,000. He arranged for Blank's room to be on the same floor as Terry Bradshaw at the Super Bowl. So apparently the, my thought process is, well, this guy's a Steeler fan. So to really set the hook... I'm going to tell him that you're on the same floor with one of your idols. Sure. You'll be on the same floor with Terry Bradshaw. I mean, come on. That's how bad it was. That's how bad it was.
it's um it's most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me but i'm not i don't feel sorry for him one bit not one bit i'm sure you don't either i mean no. you worked with him for how long? Seven years, something like that, and, yeah. and that's the you know that's the other thing. People think that him and I are joined. I've only this is my twenty in June. It'll be twenty five years. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's been. I didn't work with him for ten of those years. Yeah, because I just started as his producer back at the the station up the dial when he was out at the car dealership. Right, and I was back there and pushing buttons, mm-hmm. and then did high school stuff and and more from there, but. Walked away. It's been what almost four years now since 2017. Yeah, you left in March and I left in July. And it's interesting because I think people that know us know our character, understand. But no, every mine's, once in a while, my, no, mine, mine trend took a yours didn't. Mine did. Mine took a big hit. Mm-hmm. Big big hit. Well, get to know you. Get to know your <laughs> character. And if people do, they'll understand the difference. Well, and here's the thing that's come out of it. I I've um, met some. Really great people, at least I think they are, and I have no reason to believe that my assumption on them is is incorrect. Uh, I've got to know some people, as I said when when you know when he was first arrested. The group of people that came together to help that happen, mm-hmm. to feed information to the police, to facilitate and to expedite the arrest of uh, of him. It was amazing how we were able to do this because there were four different groups. We all had little nuggets of information. But if we could kind of be a facilitator and bring all those little nuggets together, this was going to get him where he belongs quicker. And it did. There's no question in my mind it did. Um, And I'm glad that we were able to do that. But, you know, subsequently some of the people, uh, I'll say his name because he's out there in pop. A guy like Chris Shipley. Oh, yes, absolutely. Who I'm going to do a podcast with coming up here in a couple of weeks. He reached out to me. He wants to do one. So back in the Jock Indianola days, um, Chris's father and, and, and Chris listened to us, and uh, his father owned a business. And apparently, I don't recall because I've done a million remotes in my life, right? I, can't, I don't remember all of them where we've gone and done, done uh, local shows. Um, but we were, at, we were at Mel Shipley's uh, computer business. And that affected him, and 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 he never recovered from this. This was the the, the Shipleys were the people that were going to the um, Tyson Holyfield fight. I think I think that was it. But anyways, I've got to know Chris Shipley through this pretty well. Um, you know, he we we it was it was President's Day that we he came and we sat down and and spoke for the first time, and we've stayed in touch ever since. So it's people like that. It's you know, it's, it's people I would have never run into on the street that you get to know their story a little bit. Um, but there's been a whole bunch of those. So that's that's the good that's come out of it. The bad goes to prison tomorrow for five years, where he'll have to serve, I believe, eighty five percent of it. And I don't feel sorry a bit. But I, um, you know, back to where I started, I, I did think that you know, Michael Gartner, you congratulations to you for being the only one uh, that was willing to stick with this story because Gartner hired Terrell away from the Jock um, back in 1999 when the Jock was in Indianola. They were going to start, and they did start a sports station. Uh, I think it was called it was called the Big Ticket on 940, and Terrell was going to be there. You know, they're big fish, if you will, coming over and, and doing that um, and anchor their programming. And it didn't end well. And I have no idea whether 
I mean, I have a pretty good idea, but I don't know for sure. Was, you know, Gartner a financial victim as well, or the folks over at the iCubs? I'm sure they invested a lot of money and they didn't get back what they were thinking they got back um, uh, in it. But, you know, there was always that, is there an axe to grind there type of thing with them? And, and if there, I couldn't wrap my arms around the fact that there was a realtor in town who apparently gave him $600,000. You would know, I think it was when your time with him. Mm-hmm. And he was just going to, oh, well, Sweep that. Oh, well, just lost cause. I'm not going to get it anyway. Come on. You mean to tell me you're not going to press charges? You're just going to write this? And then, as I saw with my own two eyes firsthand, that's unfortunately how a lot of these things happen. People just don't want to um, be embarrassed or get caught up in it and just would rather take the loss and move on. I couldn't believe that there was, you know, that that, uh, that, that actually happened, but it did. Don't want their name associated no, with don't. it. Don't. And. There's that embarrassing part, and I'm sure it's embarrassing for them, and there's the embarrassment for you and me mm-hmm. that comes along with it, too, and, and mm-hmm. having that connection. Because yeah, every City View article, of course I saw it, right? but then there would be the excuse, he has an extra grind, like you said. Yeah. And anybody that got to know Terrell knew that he could talk his way out of anything. Right. And just explaining before yeah. we went on the air, we're going to have fun three hours talking sports, and yeah, for... Two minutes, he says, yeah, this is what it actually is. He's got it wrong. This, mm-hmm. I, I'll show you the documents. And, and then he shows some made-up documents. Yes, and then he start the radio show, and uh-huh. you'd have fun doing a radio show with him. And, oh, well, until the end. But he was, I mean, he was drunk well, as a skunk so yeah, much. I was gone by that point, and phew, you told me some stories Oh, there. Trent, I'd do the first hour, and I'd go into the control room, and I'd say, just rerun, the, rerun this first hour and hour two and hour number three. I'm out of here. And to save your license, do it. Because just absolutely cocked. I mean, bombed, hammered. At Sit down. Three at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Just completely, you know what, faced. Mm. It's terrible. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so, way to go, Michael Gartner. Yes. Looking forward to reading your piece. I hope there's a lot of folks that uh, you reached out to uh, that were willing to... Um, you know, to give, to answer some of your questions. I do know some that he reached out to that won't just want to put this behind him. And I understand. Um, I do too. I think every lot, you do too. Yeah. Uh, 1030. Um, Miller and Condon will take you until noon. We'll talk to Jimmy B. Looking forward to our Different kind of partner. Yeah. This is Jim. (laughs) I'm anxious. When you call him to line him up to get him on, well, how will he answer the phone? We should do it on the air. <laughs> this is Jim. Uh, we'll talk to Jim when we come back on 1460 Kicks and 0106.3 FM. But before we do that, it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000 BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. With you until noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Is this Jim? He answered the phone. Uh, this he, is Jim. <laughs> I told you. Oh, he's our guy. Jimmy B joins the program. How are you, old friend? 
And I mean old. My brothers, my brothers from another mother. It is great to talk to you guys again. <laughs> Good to talk to you, pal. Uh, how you been? Before we get into uh, your time in Buffalo and what this means to the city, what have you been doing? Bring us up to speed. Uh, I'm uh, staying ahead of the cops, <laughs> so I Good. don't let out where I'm located uh-huh. on any given day. So I do that, and. Uh, you know me. I'm still, uh, let's see, I, I forget how you used to phrase it. Oh, America's guest. <laughs> I'm still uh, I'm still using that, to be honest with you, for golf and tennis. And everything else, I'm assuming, too, right? I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, living, you're, living in, you're living in your girlfriend's place, which is, you know, great if you can pull that off. I'm guessing uh, that you're not writing, reaching for the checkbook when the bills come in the mail every, every month for, you know, the air conditioning, because I know where you are. And you're very fortunate to be there, but uh, good, good for you. It's good. It's a good gig. If you, it's good to be Jimmy B. And it always has been. So, what are you doing? Are you playing golf? You're not working anywhere, are you? Um. Well, yes, I am. I, you know, you can't walk away, Kenny. You know that. I do. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You just can't walk away. So, yeah, I still do some things. So, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't let on where I'm doing them, <laughs> right? Because as I as I told you before, when you have a background like mine, uh, and they and they always try to keep tabs on you. I'm not as bad as Terrell. I want you to know that. Well, no, nobody is. Any, no, I haven't done any skullduggery like like that piece of work. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you do like to keep things uh, kind of on the. Uh, on the down low, so that's what I do. Well, we won't out you then. So let, let's get to, you know, one of the reasons we want to have you on, A, to catch up with you, because we love talking to you, and you were, we had fun working with you, both Trent did in his time, and certainly I did when you were over here at KXNO. You still, I mean, uh, well, we'll get into that in a, in a minute, but... Um, so, Jim, when were you in Buffalo? Were you there? I mean, well, the 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 four Super Bowls in a row, we'll, and the losses, we'll never see that again. I mean, we'll never see that again. So, when did you get to Buffalo? I got I got there to do television for the network in '96. So the Super Bowls had happened. I had missed those. Yes, uh-huh. now, I had gone to a couple of those Super Bowls that they played in, but I was not working in Buffalo at that time. I was working for the network at that time. Okay, so so the um, I mean, was I'm guessing that the hangover, albeit two years later, was still in place for those fans, right? It was, and I think that they they had got so accustomed to winning. And then all those guys got old, and they started to retire, and things began to change. And then, uh, at about 2000, 2001, all of a sudden they got real good again, especially their defense. And they had one of the best defenses in the league. And then they, the offense came around. And you'll remember these names. Eric Bolts was sure. uh, a top wide receiver. They had Peerless Price as another wide receiver. Their problem was this. They went out and they signed, you'll, you'll remember this, Rob Johnson, mm, quarterback, who was sure. the backup yep. the backup in Jacksonville, signed him to $25 million, five-year deal. At that time, huge money. And he flopped. So they went to Canada, and they brought in Doug Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie, yes. Okay. Doug Flutie 
gets a chance to play when Johnson gets hurt and takes them to a winning record, something they hadn't had in the last four or five years. The next season, Flutie is playing lights out. They start Johnson, he gets hurt again. Flutie takes over. They make this incredible run. They finished, I believe, like 11 and 5, 12 and 4, something, something like, like that. And everybody thinks this is a, another Super Bowl contending team, and they were. They were that good. The last game of the regular season, Buffalo played in New Orleans, and it was a meaningless game. So they rested a lot of players, including Clutie. Rob Johnson plays, throws for over 300 yards and like three or four touchdowns. So now they're caught between a rock and a hard place. And so when they go to Tennessee, and you know where I'm headed on this, yeah. they go to Tennessee, they play Rob Johnson, he gets sacked for a safety, was sacked about four or five other times, threw a pick, threw for about 145 yards, and that was it in the game. Yet, because the Bills' defense was so good, still had the lead, and they kicked the field goal late in the game. And then, of course, they kick off, mm-hmm. and then all hell breaks loose <laughs> if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, because it is the Music City mm-hmm. miracle. The look on Wade Phillips' they... face. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was, it was, and I'm on the sidelines. I, I'm there covering the team. I'm ready to do postgame on the field, thinking I'm going to be covering a win. And all of a sudden, they're coming down the sidelines, and they run right past me and into the end zone, and Tennessee wins. That uh, that season was just so crazy. First of all, though Tennessee was in Tennessee, this was their first year as the Titans. They go to the Super Bowl. Jacksonville that year was 14-2 and in the regular season. They won their first playoff game against the Dolphins, 62-7, to but lost again in the AFC Championship game to the aforementioned Titans, who beat the Bills on the yeah. music on the Miracle. Wow. For the third yeah. time that year, Jacksonville was 14-0 against everybody, except yeah. for the Titans, who they were 0-3 against. Unthinkable. Yeah. 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 It, it was, it was a, a wacky season, and, and people in Buffalo were just stunned. So now... They, they they refer to it as the Music City Miracle. It was a forward pass. That's the close. first couple of words yeah. that come out of a Buffalo Bills fan's mouth. Yeah, it was damn close. So, Jim, I want to go back to when you were there. Of course, now it's the it's the Bills Mafia. Did was that their nickname when you were there? Have they have they, is that what the fan base has always been called? And then when you were there, you know, when you're in the parking lot, you're getting set to do a scene set or whatever. Were the fans were they breaking tables and uh, gallivanting in parking lots like they're famous for now? Has that always been a thing, Jim? No, that was not the thing back then. And it just kind of morphed into something that now has taken off like a rocket. And they do crazy stuff in parking lots. They always did. That, that's if you're a, if you're a Bills fan, you're a nutbag, and that's, <laughs> and that's why everybody loves Bills fans because that's what they are, and they're awesome. And I can tell you that they would do stupid stuff in in parking lots, but the table thing came along a little later, and. Uh, I'm not really sure because I think I had left 
to stay ahead of the police again. <laughs> I think I had left town, and with in, in that case. Then the table thing started to kind of come around. It's an old wrestling, you know, WWE thing. uh, Ladders, tables, and chairs. And so that's how that kind of took place. But it wasn't, wasn't, you know, the the thing that it is now back then. It it just wasn't in place. Jimmy B, you got a new hip, and we know you always have a price. Yeah. What what would it cost if uh, somebody in Buffalo said, let's throw Jimmy B all 105 pounds of him through a table. (laughs) What's the price? Oh, there's always a, uh, a million. <laughs> so tell us about the new hip. When did that happen? Uh, well, you know, when you're, uh, you, you play as many sports as I play, your body wears it. Yeah, yeah. So not only did I get one, I got two. Jeez, so now I'm it. running again, playing. You shopped around again, for like a deal, I'm assuming? <laughs> What's that? You shopped around for a deal before you went into the knife, I'm assuming? Yeah. Now, kid, now come on, you you know me. I, of course you did. Uh, of course you got it for free. <laughs> uh, that's right. Hey, listen, I got to remind people. You know your your history here. It's still the greatest, the greatest walk off in the history of uh, of of radio. So it's 2014, and you and I are are doing our show. We're, we're afternoon drive here on KXNO, and it's the week of Cyhawk. And it's Friday. I, I don't know what time we were on till I'm assuming you and I cooked up something that we could get off at six because we hated that final hour. <laughs> um, yeah, we were good at that. <laughs> we wrote the book on how to do that. But anyways, yeah. so but we in, at the end of the show, you go out on the limb and you say, when we're, we're making our predictions, it's the Friday before the Cyhawk game in Iowa City. And Cole Denton's going to kick a game-winning field goal as the gun sounds. Time expires. Cole Denton, game-winning field goal. Iowa State wins. Exactly how it happened. Yes. But Monday rolls around, and I haven't heard from you. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's not, I mean, that's not rare because, you you know, you usually play golf. You're, you're supposed to get in around 11, but it's usually 2, 2.30 by the time we see the whites of your eyes. <laughs> Go on the air at four. It's you know three thirty. I'm starting. What the hell, Princeton? Picked up your. I'm, I'm starting to reach out to you. No answer. No answer. He just left. He just moved. You moved to where Arkansas? Yes. And didn't tell a soul. <laughs> just took another job and called his shot. Cole Nettin's going to kick a game-winning field goal at Kinnick Stadium. I didn't call. I don't think he had the score exactly right, but you have the scenario. Perfect. And that's exactly what happened. There was two seconds left on the clock, but still, walk-off field goal to win it. But you never came back to work. It's just, it was the, um, I'll never forget that. You remember that? I do remember it. And, I think uh, I finally got a hold of you Thursday. <laughs> yes, you did, yeah. What's going on, Jim? To put a, yeah, I had an opportunity to put a sports network together, uh-huh. and it was uh, it was an exciting challenge. So right. I took it. You might have gave you might have let some people back here know that that's what you were. I mean, just a thought. <laughs> well, well, you know, like I like I said, you you like to leave people with a favorable thought. And I figured I will never top the Cole Netton field goal. Yeah, yeah, next, good point. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, okay, now's a good time to get out. It's like you win the Super Bowl, you retire. Yeah, I wonder if Brady will do that. You know, I've been thinking about that. I don't think so. You think he comes to – I'm with you. Will. I don't think he will either. I think he yeah. just wants to play. All right, so do you like the Bills this week? Help us out with the game. I mean, clearly Mahomes well, is a big question, but how, how do you see it? Uh, Buffalo has a great chance to win this game. Uh, and it won't matter if it's uh, bad weather or not because right. Bills are used to playing in bad weather. Uh, I think that people truly underestimated how good Buffalo really is as an overall unit, both offensively and defensively. And the thing that that really separates Buffalo right now from maybe a, a couple of other teams is just with the consistency that they have played. Fellas, they have won like eight in a row. And the only game they might have won like 11 in a row, the only game that they lost was against Arizona right, that crazy where finish. Tyler Murray threw that yeah. Hail Mary and it was uh, caught in the end zone by DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's how the Bills lost that game. Mm-hmm. They might have been on an eleven game winning streak here. So that's how that's how good they are. Josh Allen has made unbelievable jumps. I did one of his games when he was at did. Wyoming, and I and I thought that at that time that he was a great athlete and he could throw the hell out of the ball. But he was wild, but I, I thought that he was eventually going to be an NFL QB. I didn't know he was going to be taken in the first round, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the jump from year one to where he is now in year three is astronomical. No. And the way that he sees the field and the way that the uh, wide receivers, Stephon Diggs was a game changer mm-hmm. for Buffalo getting getting him as a wideout because he opens up everything. And if you double him all the time, then somebody else is open and Allen is going to find that person and complete the pass. No doubt. Jimmy B uh, still, um, you know what else? Just one more Jimmy B story. So Jimmy B's the voice of the Barnstormers on WHO. Singing. Right, <laughs> he was, yeah. Uh, but it's a Saturday game, and it's on the road, right? So Brinson yeah, would yeah. Brinson would leave Wednesday. Well, you got to get <laughs> you got to get, get the lay of the land, find where right. the best seven and seven is. But would he? But would he be back in time for month? No, 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 no. no. It's because he can't, he won't fly early in the morning. He likes to leave around noon, one o'clock. Uh-huh. So the game he leaves Wednesday. The game is Saturday. He rolls back into Des Moines about six o'clock on a Monday. So he he joins rejoins the show on Tuesday, and he got away with it, which is the greatest caper of all. <laughs> well, I did have I did have a picture of uh, KXNO's uh, general manager Joel uh, with must... the water buffalo. <laughs> so I held that I held that over his head so I could get those extra days off. Oh, you're a dandy, my friend. Good to talk to you, pal. Let's uh, let's catch up again. Let's do it you soon, okay? It, All right, pal. Always good. Yep, Thanks, guys. See you, Jimmy B. See you, Jim. Jimmy B. Radio is where you can find him on Twitter. He hasn't changed a bit. Nope. Same guy. Same guy. Two new hips. Oh, I didn't know that about him. That's what he's Same knucklehead. He really is. What a fun loving guy though. Trent, he 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 left on Friday. He didn't tell a soul. Not, no one. No not, one not he, his partner. No not, not me. Not the boss. Not Joel. No one. No one knew where he was. At the PD. No. He just left. Gone. I I finally caught up with him on Thursday. He finally got back to me on Thursday. 
He was starting a new station in Arkansas. Little Rock, I think. Yeah. Just left. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll leave for a few minutes, come back, finish up the hour. Uh, in hour number two, looking forward to speaking with Kenny White, sports wagering conversation with Kenny White, Zuba Mahante, 1125, Miller and Condon till noon, 1460, KXNO 106. All right, uh, final minute or so of the program. This little nugget from The Athletic. Did you see the piece on the uh, the media column by Richard Deitch? Last time the Bills were in the AFC Championship, January 23rd, 1994, they were playing against the Chiefs. The game's broadcasters, Dick Enberg and Bob Trumpy. <laughs> yes. Studio host was Jim Lampley. The uh, sideline or the studio analysts were Mike Ditka and Joe Gibbs. Will McDonough worked the chief sideline. Do you know who the reporter was on the Bill sideline? Ch- 1994. Costas. NBC. Costas. No. Uh, Jim Gray. O.J. Simpson. Oh, no. <laughs> How about that? NBC, Enberg and Trumpy called it. Lampley was uh, quarterbacking in studio with Mike Ditkin, Joe Gibbs, Will McDonough, Sean's father, who's passed away, uh, was the chief sideline reporter, O.J. Simpson. Joe Montana versus Jim Kelly. How about that? Yeah, how about that? All right, hour number two coming up next. Kenny White will lead it off. Zubin Mahente is part of it. We take you until noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.